This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, and to choose to believe that, you know, is just one guy at our church, is just one family at our church, that if I'll give Jesus my lunch, if I'll give him a few loaves of bread and a few fish and say, here's the very best I have to offer, and I'll trust that everyone else who's called to do the same will do it, that somehow the meal will feed everyone on the hillside. Thank you so much for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast resource of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and I'm really excited about our conversation today with Pastor Christian about our new series, our new message series. This Sunday, we launch a new series entitled Difference Makers. And in this series, we're learning to chase the vision that God has in store for us at Journey and in our personal lives. Pastor Christian, welcome back to the podcast. Would you share why it is so important for you at this time to lead the church through this new series? Yeah, I am I am super excited to get into this series, both for the individuals of our church and for the organization of our church. Three years ago this fall, we moved into the building that, that we're currently in. Uh, we were in a, a middle school for five years after we started our church, and then we moved into a building and God, God sent us a lot of people very quickly. We went from uh, two services to three services in one week. Within a few months, we'd gone to four services. Within a year, we were at five services. Um, now we're in five services at, at two different locations. Uh, God, God just sent us way more people than we had seats, and he did that very, very quickly. 2016 was the year we moved into the building, and we kind of called 2016 at our church um, walking on water. I mean, that's it just we, we were stepping out in faith. Um, into an arena that, that honestly, I mean, we had no place in. As a five-year-old church with a few hundred people, we just believed God wanted to use us to touch our community. So we were like, man, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's build a building and see what God does. And God did. In 2017, uh, if in 2016 we were walking on water, in 2017 we started taking on water. Uh, man, we, we, God just sent us so many people that it felt like our, uh, you know, our, our little church began to sink a little bit. Jimmy Dodd, who spoke a few weeks ago at Journey, was here for our dedication service, our first Sunday in the building. And at the 8 a.m. service, our first of three, he leaned over to me that day and said, you're going to need a bigger boat. I mean, we weren't 15 minutes into this building before he said, this isn't big enough. And we felt that in 2017. Uh, we just, as quickly as possible, we wanted to try to return to shore before we got in really deep water. So so 2016, we said it was walking on water. 2017, taking on water. 2018, we made it safely back to shore. By the time we got to the fall of 2018, we felt like we had taken a, a little bit of a breath. We had doubled our staff. We just kind of learned to do ministry in a new rhythm but we realized we had we had spent three years really organizing people rather than chasing vision. Now, those three years, the vision was about people. It was learning to shepherd. It was learning to disciple. Uh, we saw thousands of people come to Christ in those three years. We baptized hundreds of people. We, I mean, we, we went on a half dozen or more uh, mission trips. We, you know, we gave hundreds of thousands of dollars away. We, we certainly were living in vision, but the primary focus of the vision was, hey, we, we got to get organized. We, like, we, we needed some Acts chapter six organization where they had to, where they had to kind of push pause and say, hey, we need to, we need to appoint some leaders and get this thing organized because there's a lot more people coming than we can handle. Uh, and then in 2019, we kind of took a deep breath and said, all right, uh, we're, we're kind of, we've, we've, we've stopped organizing, man, let's start chasing again. Uh, and we started running after the vision again. And this series, 
uh, I think is really going to start the next chapter of our church. It's going to begin the next leg of our journey um, because, you know, we ran, we ran really, really hard and then we rested and organized. But I, I feel like we've got a new pair of running shoes. We've got a new race course. Uh, and man, we are uh, we're getting ready to fly again into vision and into mission. And I'm excited about it, not just for our church, because we've always desired to be a group of people who are an on mission movement moving together. But that only happens if individuals feel like God has called them to a purpose. If individuals feel like God is calling them to make more room in their hearts for him and more room in their life for the purpose that he's called them to. So it really is an individual journey that if enough individuals take together, will become an organizational movement uh, that we pray will continue to allow us to see our church have the impact that God is calling us to in our community. We've seen incredible blessing here at Journey. And you mentioned in your message that every Christian has been blessed to bless. Every Christian has been blessed to bless. God ultimately blesses people to be a blessing to others. So our church planning friends of of Journey have told us that what is happening here is extremely rare. We've seen exponential growth, as you mentioned. We're running out of space. We've made huge impact, as you've alluded to, the numbers over the past eight years. When you step back for a moment, Pastor Christian, and you see all that God has done, do you think it's directly related to the fact that we truly want to be a blessing in our community, or what else might it be? I don't I I don't know. One when I when I sit back and look at it, I'm not sure how it all happened. I mean to be to be really honest with you. Uh, I mean it feels like we we blinked. We were meeting in my house with five families and then we blinked and here we are uh, getting ready to kind of launch into the next season of our church. I know this 2nd Chronicles 16:9 says the eyes of the Lord range to and fro throughout the entire earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And we've got a long, long way to go until our hearts are fully committed to him. Uh, but I know our hearts are committed. Um, and I, I know our call has stayed in front of our face. I know we've been very, very intentional. We've never taken an offering without giving some of that offering. We've never gone a year without serving our community. Uh, we never move through big events without telling people about Jesus and giving them an opportunity to respond. Uh, we've never gone a year where we haven't taken a foreign mission trip. I mean, all the things that God told us to do, we're just trying to do those a little bit at a time. Uh, and I and I think the things in our vision that we believe are important to God have become really important to us. And we just keep circling back to those things, uh, spiritual growth, sharing Jesus, community impact, global impact, being generous, living with generosity. Uh, now this thought of multiplication, we, we just have been really intentional to say, here's what God told us to do. And here's the reality. He, he told five families to do it. Uh, but as we've multiplied, five families became 50 and 50 became 500 and, and so forth. Um, we're all still trying to do the exact same thing. So the level that we're doing it is a little bigger, but nothing has really changed. We're just trying to be intentional one day at a time. I'm not sure why God keeps sending us the people that he sends us, but I know whoever he sends us, if if they begin to march in our crowd or march towards spiritual growth, community impact, global impact, uh, sharing Jesus, generosity and multiplication, because that that's the that's the race course that, that God set us on. Those are the those are the mile markers we're trying to pass as we head towards towards our finish line. You always keep us focused on the why. And you mentioned that in your message. Um, you remind us we, we talk about it almost almost weekly. We share the vision to our people weekly. Simon Sinek, the great author, writer, he said, people don't buy 
what you do. They buy why you do it. And we always keep that in front of the people. Yeah, we I mean, we're our church is a little over eight, eight years old, which means we've had, you know, over 400 Sundays. We've never had a Sunday service at our church where we haven't shared our mission statement ever. We've never had a Sunday service out of more than 400 services where we haven't shared. Hey, we're here because God's called us to exist, to see people far from God become passionate Christians who make a difference in the world. Um, we're, we're much less focused on building a church and way more focused on building a kingdom by pursuing the call that God called us, uh, called us to. The title of your message was Rehoboth, um, Pastor Christian. Would you mind unpacking the meaning of this Old Testament name and how it has spoken to your heart in this new season that we're in? Yeah, so it's funny because that's a, it's, an, it's an old word for me. It's a new word to our church, but an old word for me. The word Rehoboth uh, means there's room for us. There's space. Uh, it was, I won't, I won't unpack it because it's in the message, but um, Isaac, when he finally was able to settle down, you know, he, he dug a well called Itzek. He dug a well then called Sitna. Um, and both of, both of those had contention. One, the word Itzek means d- dispute. The word Sitna means opposition. Um, he wasn't able to settle. That, that wasn't able to be his home. And then he dug another one and he, and he had room for all of his flock, for all of his family, for all of his relationships. So he named it Rehoboth, meaning, hey, there's room for us here. Uh, that word has really special significance for me because often when, you know, when, when we get a God idea, sometimes we try to make it a great idea, which is, which is really dumb because a God idea is a great idea. Yeah. And in 2009, when God called me to start Journey Church International in Jackson County, Missouri, um, I ran with the call, but I said, God, that's a, that's a, that's a good idea, God, but a great idea would be to start Journey Church International in Chicago, because that's where my mom and dad live. That's where my sisters live. So for nine months, even though I had a God idea, I played around with trying to figure out if I could make it a great idea by going to one of the, you know, the, the fifth, fourth, fifth largest city uh, in the country um, that's really pretty unchurched. And, and one of the reasons I did that, I'd done Kansas, many ministry in Kansas City for a little while. And I just looked around and I thought, there's no, there's no room here. I mean, there are great churches all over this city. Why, why would anyone come to a church I started when there's all these phenomenal churches? There's, there's no room. So I, I prayed. Uh, I visited Chicago. Uh, I did some homework on what it would look like to plant a church in Chicago. Talked a little bit to my parents about maybe moving to Chicago. But I kept praying. I mean, God, if it's Kansas City, you're going to have to really, really clearly show me. On July 3rd, 2010, I was having my quiet time. I know that because I keep everybody. I try to read through the Bible every year. I keep them all, and I date them every day when I read them. So I went back and got my 2010 Bible because I knew it happened in 2010. I thought, what was that day? went to Genesis 26, July 3rd, 2010. Uh, I'm just in my quiet time. I'm reading over the story, and I read that word Rehoboth. It was the first time I'd ever ever seen it. I heard I heard Jacob name as well Rehoboth because there's there's room for us, and I literally in that Bible I have circled in that Bible um, Rehoboth. I, I wrote the word Rehoboth and then I put beside it JCI, and in my journal that day, I I felt like that was the word that God gave me to tell me there's room for you in Kansas City. Uh, I want you in Kansas City. Don't take a God idea and try to make it a great idea. I didn't tell you to go to Chicago. I mean, go back to the original call, uh, the journey, Jackson County. You you need to go to Jackson County. But it was that one word on that one day of life where I felt like God really drilled into my heart and just whispered into my soul, there's room for you. I want you 
in Jackson County. So we end up we end up in Lee Summit. And last night, uh, Brandon, we had our best day ever event at our student ministry. Fifty two students um, acknowledged that they made a spiritual decision um, to say yes to Jesus last Sunday with Brittany and and uh, Daniel Booker uh, with 23 people. That means in the in the last four days, 75 people have acknowledged making a spiritual decision for Jesus. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad our church wasn't in Chicago this week because God was on the move in Lee Summit. But it took it took the word Rehoboth um, nine years ago to kind of whisper into my heart. Hey, there's 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 room for you in Kansas City. Go go where I told you. So we've talked about this message so far and what this series means for journey. Let's get practical for our own lives. Where is God challenging you personally, Pastor Christian, or maybe even your family as you've studied these passages? So not just not just the passage, Brandon, but but for our church, right? So, uh, you know, I'm 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 like a, I'm a member of our church. I just as a Christian, I go to Journey is my home. It's where I go to church. Uh, I also pastor this church. I'm also uh, leading my leading my family uh, at this church. But personally. This series and this season, this moment in our church, uh, I think for me is a is a real test of faith for me to to not just lead boldly, but to believe boldly. It's one thing as a pastor to get up on a stage and say, Here, here's where we're going and and to and to be the confident leader. But, you know, um, when you walk off that stage, man, it's like every demon in hell jumps on your back. Um, and to be the same person who believes in faith as a church member, to think the the very small impact that Danielle and I and Casey and Christian will have in in this season in this project financially and just as I mean one family at our church uh, as a pastor, you can speak on behalf of the organization and you and you can say, man, I think we can do this. But as a person, it's like, man, is what is what I have enough. So pastorally for me, I think I'm, I'm learning to lead in faith, uh, but personally I'm learning to kind of live in faith and to choose to believe that, you know, as just one guy at our church, as just one family at our church, that if I'll give Jesus my lunch, if I'll give him a few loaves of bread and a few fish and say, here's the very best I have to offer, and I'll trust that everyone else who's called to do the same will do it that somehow the meal will feed everyone on the hillside. I, I think that's that's where I am. And, and Brandon, I'm, I'm excited to see where that will turn out. I think I've gone through enough kind of movements of God to know that the way you believe you're going to get to the other side is not the way you're going to get there. But once you get there, you look back and you enjoyed the way God did it more than the way you would have planned it. And I'm looking forward. I had lunch with somebody today uh, and I told him, I said, I'm looking forward to December 15th already, which is a Sunday that we have our commitment Sunday because I I don't know how we're going to get there and I don't know how far we're going to get. But I know on that season, we will have completed this incredible journey that will be filled with the stories of God moments that we'll never forget for the rest of our life that you don't experience when you don't need God. A lot of people never experience a miracle because they don't need one. Uh, but when you begin to live in faith, 
and you absolutely need to need God to move and then he does, man, you've got this faith experience that you'll never forget. So I, th- I think personally for me, I'm, I'm looking forward to again, seeing my faith grow and deepen because I, because I watch God move and I see the miraculous with my eyes. So as a, as a pastor learning to lead in faith, as a Christian learning to live in faith and learning to believe that, that what I have is enough. And if it's put together with what everyone has, everyone will have enough to eat uh, at the at the end of the day. Everyone spiritually will be able to come feed on what Jesus is doing at our church. Well, let's end today with this question, Pastor Christian. Um, I love the verse you used from Genesis 26. You shared uh, this verse. It basically says, we saw clearly that the Lord was with them. I believe it was the Philistines that uh, was able to say, we saw that the Lord was with them to the nation of Israel. I I have a little inspirational poster in my office that kids get to see, and it reads this. It says, you have been assigned this mountain to show others it can be moved. Um, The vision that awaits us seems incredible. It seems daunting at the same time. So five years from now, picture yourself five years from now, and we look back and we see all that God has has and will accomplish at Journey, what title would you hope to give this chapter in the story of Journey and why? Man, I, I, I hope it will be, I hope it will be trust accomplished, hmm. um, trust accomplished, because um, it's one thing to have faith. You know, faith is, faith to me is more, a, is more a choice than a feeling, but trust is a feeling. Um, like, for me, having having faith always scares me a little bit because it's it's big. But having trust allows me to rest. And my hope is that we've we've started a process now in absolute dependency on God. Um, we've we've started a project that if we don't trust, even if we get to the end of it and the mission is accomplished, uh, it, it will have been like the most miserable six weeks of our life emotionally. Because just because of the fear that can grip you and the plan A, plan B, plan C, worst case scenario. So for me, I'm I'm praying that I can live in trust. And to me, trust means emotional peace. So if someone will say, how do you know that you trust God in here? I'll say, because I'm, I'm living at peace today. Um, I can I can both have faith to lead this project and not have peace if I focus on what could go wrong. But if I have faith to lead the project and I just and I trust that God is in control, I, sh- I should be totally at ease with the outcome. And my hope is, because this is not true of our last building. I mean, we're we're sitting in a miracle recording this podcast today. Um, it was faith accomplished. It wasn't trust accomplished. It nearly killed me. It nearly killed me because I just, I just wasn't sure until we stepped into the building and started having church that it was going to happen. Uh, and that that is a, I mean, it's just a direct violation of, of tr- I just didn't trust God the way I should have. So for me uh, and for our church, I'm hoping we can look back and say that season was not just a great season of faith. It wasn't just a great season of of the miraculous, but it was a it was a great season of of trust. Um, It was trust accomplished. That was Isaac's life. Uh, Isaac, his dad had died. Right. His dad, who um, for the since Genesis 12. So Genesis 12 through 24 were all the story of Abraham. Uh, the one guy in the history of the world that God told him, I'm going to bless you. So through you, the entire world will one day know a savior had died. So, I mean, so now the story, the story gets real. It's like, well, is that going to happen? Or was that a one generation thing? So all of a sudden there's Isaac, uh, whose dad wouldn't, wouldn't even let him go on vacation to meet a wife. 
because he's like, we can't leave the land. Um, and now his dad is gone. He's never been outside the land. There's a famine that won't support his family. Um, he goes to a friendly that's kind of in the land, but in a village carved out in the area of the Philistines. And they kick him out. And he wants to run to Egypt, which is which his dad did. He, he wants to leave the promise. And God appeared to him in a dream and said, don't. Just trust me. Stay right here in the land. What I'm going to do for you is going is going to be amazing. From there, uh, they said, no move. From there, he dug a well uh, and there was a dispute. So he moved again. From there, he dug another well and there was another dispute. From there, he dug another well. It was his, but it was his trust to just stay the course of where God had told him to. Even after, I mean, it wasn't, thank God it wasn't three strikes and he was out. Because he was out of Gerar and he was out of the valley of Gerar. Um, three strikes, he was out. But finally, he found a place. It was trust accomplished, Rehoboth. There really is room for us here. And the first thing he did when there was room for him is he left Rehoboth and he went to Beersheba. Uh, Beersheba, maybe is how you read it in your Bible. The first place in, in the land of Canaan uh, that anyone recognized is Abraham owning. It was, a, it was a well he basically bought with seven sheep. Beersheba uh, means the well of seven. Sheva in the Hebrew language, which is how that should be pronounced because they don't have a ba, they don't have a b. Um, Sheva is the number seven. It was Bier, the well of, Shev, of seven. Um, it was the first place that the promise was accomplished even a little bit. So he went back to Beersheba and he said, God, my dad trusted you and had one well and planted a tree. And I trusted you. It was really hard, but I trusted you. And now I have Rehoboth. Trust accomplished. And now we're going to spread out all over the land. And as we do, we're going to bless everyone that's around us, just like Abimelech came to us and said, hey, we see that your God is with you. First time in the Bible anyone ever said to Isaac, when we look at you, we see your God. Trust accomplished, allowed people uh, to see the God who blessed them so that he could be a blessing to them as well. That, that's what I hope the title is, Trust Accomplished. Well, Pastor Christian, we really are excited about this next chapter, and, and I'm personally challenged to see how... Uh, my family can partner with Journey and how we can be a part of chasing this vision together. And we're so grateful that you've listened to this episode of Activate. In case you missed Pastor Christian's message, I'd like to encourage you to watch the most recent message at takethejourney.cc. In this message, he showed architect renderings of our potential new building located right here in Lee Summit, Missouri. You got to check it out. It's it's incredible. And if you'd like to learn how you can um, be a partner with us in this exciting new season at Journey, I'd encourage you to go to the website differencemaker.cc. It's packed full of information on how you can partner with us in this journey as well. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.